Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Now that that uh, per, that kind of priming for this for this conversation about digital versus uh, physical, I, I I've been reminded of some spicy some spicy takes that I've had, and I'll make sure to uh, I'll make sure to uh, make them more of a tight five than than the me uh, trying to explain how flat Earth is actually a cone because I that too deep. No man, you're you're not here because we don't want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Like, you say what you need to say. Ooh, ooh from a video game perspective. <laughs> say oh, with a whole chest. Child, uh, you, when people are complaining about HBO and uh, Max getting rid of stuff, it's like, you dumbasses. They've just learned that from video games. They've, it's been, ooh, 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 spicy. Spicy take. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I sent this TikTok to my friend, and it was pretty funny. It was these... Uh, it was by um, a Latino filmmaker, um, and it was two Hispanic guys um, who were doing landscaping, and a grunt from Halo shows up and is like talking shit to them. The guy takes his shovel and like hits it, and it like goes flying across the landscape. And then Master Chief shows up. And Master Chief is like, "I'm looking for aliens," and the two Hispanic guys like look at each other real awkwardly, and they're like what kind of aliens are you looking for <laughs> and they're like illegal aliens and they're like um you're gonna need to be more specific master chief's like i'm sending them back where they came from and he's like whoa 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 whoa, homie hang on chill like we still don't know what you're talking about and the other guy's like i don't speak no english and he's like but you just spoke english and saying that and like it was it was a really really funny send up on it because then like the covenant shows up and they're like oh aliens okay all right we're cool then right like it was it, it was very like tongue-in-cheek but like coming from the source that it came from, I felt that it was like, it was okay to make the jokes they were making. But then I sent it to a friend of mine and it got taken down from face from uh, TikTok, which is funny because it came from the filmmaker's TikTok profile. So I guess somebody uh, reported it and like, yeah. That sucks. Context matters. It does. And, like, and that was the way, that was how I felt about it was that like, if it had come from another source, it probably wouldn't have been appropriate or even close to but the way that they handled the joke there was really nothing and i felt it was nothing offensive but it's also not my place to say all these all these companies that all they are is a shelf and we provide the stock the the stock they don't care they they and they 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 set up the most minimal ways of being able to investigate something you know they just use shitty algorithms to to determine to determine these things. And so it's like, we'll listen up for certain words. I mean, as a great example for TikTok, the phrase unalive is used everywhere. We all know that means murder, death, suicide, any of those phrases. Yeah. But it's not like they're changing their algorithm. Like, oh, well, they're not using that word, so it's fine. What do you, whoa, what's the point then? Yeah. You know? Because the same ill actors that you're afraid that's going to use those words are using unalive as well then. So. Well, I think there's something you said for like the difficulty of how do you police that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, like the short answer is you pay a bunch of people to look through videos all the time 
and they have to find all that ah shit. yes it's um, awful to have those poor people do that but if it's that traumatic and that bad this goes into the big part of the, the the big answer about this is no company should ever be able to have something this large it's just not safe it's no. overall not good for society <laughs> it's it's it, it's fine to have those ways of being able to have connections and things like and things like that but you need to police your platform you are responsible for that and we've learned that time and time again oh every single platform too because every like a perfect example of this is um so i had gotten a new phone back in 2019 mm -hmm. um and in getting the new phone um i tried as soon as i got the new phone i was like let me sign into facebook no you can't do that because in trying to do it from a new device, apparently I locked myself out because I had to get some special code from Facebook in order to do it, which doesn't make any goddamn sense when I know my own fucking password, but okay, cool. So they locked me out. There's no person to talk to. There's no person to call. There's no one in support. I messaged the support thing and I got zero response. It took two weeks for them to finally respond and unlock the account. That should have been a matter of, oh, fuck, we're our bad. Boop and then be done with it. But no, I, I literally created a new account and like, it was such a hassle, the whole thing. And mm -hmm. like, Rambo, you said something specific that, that really resonated. Um, they would have to pay people to watch this and that's what they're not willing to do. Yeah. It's so much easier to just program an algorithm and say, look for these words and it just be, it, it, it's not arbitrary at all. It's just, this is what it is. And like not looking at the facts at all. And like I got a I got a Facebook ban for 24 hours for using the term plague rat in reference to somebody <laughs> who knowingly showed up at work with COVID. Yeah. They yeah. were like, you can't use that word. I'm like, okay, cool. But people can use anti-Semitic rhetoric whenever the fuck they want. And you guys have no problem with that. You can type you can type it with the hard R and it doesn't it doesn't go against community yep. standards. Yeah, oh, the plague rat. Yeah. The difference is is what they want. Yeah, because those individuals actually pay for special spaces, and that's why you get those groups being pushed. And like the the smart play is, you have a combination. You have the algorithm picking out and flagging videos. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily stop them from being posted, but that is what builds the queue for people to go through and review those videos. Yep. And the, <laughs> my favorite example of just uh, 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 <laughs> like not even an AI, but just a filter uh, working is, I can't remember the, the person's full name, uh, but they were a swimmer and they had just won either like, a, like a, an Olympic medal or it was, it might've just been like a, like a, um, like they placed really high, but their last name is gay. And someone had a filter on their, their browser that changed all instances of gay to homosexual. So it became like, it, like, instead of being like Matthew Gay, it was Matthew Homosexual in the fucking headline and in the article itself. And it's like, yeah, this is how fucking stupid you look. Yeah, This yeah. is how dumb this is. Just imagine that with like historical context. Every time, every time the word cock shows up, it just gets turned into penis. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the first signer of the Declaration of Independence was John Han Penis. Han Penis. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, hey, hey, Phil, 
listening to the podcast right now, no, this is not a mistake. This is not an editing issue. We are opening the show like this without the music. And then we're getting into the music here in a second. Um, I love Phil. Phil is like the resident voice of the listener. Um, but he points things out to the, uh, like this all the time to me. Um, thank you, Phil. I truly do appreciate it, buddy. Um, no, this is how it's supposed to go. Um, it's at the diner. We're doing this uh, little, um, it's a cold open, but not the cold open. Uh, this is an actual cold open for at the diner, but there's also the cold open Patreon podcast. It's a whole thing. Just anyways, here's the music. We're starting now. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. We a refuse for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hard true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Luxford. I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At the Diner, the flagship podcast for the Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of our website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Hey, 2024 means it's been 10 years that we've been doing this awesome Great Geek Refuge thing. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Uh, it's awesome that we continue to do something that we love so very, very much. Uh, in fact, we love it so much that we, instead of writing and sharing articles, we now do it in podcast form when we talk about it. So much easier to do it that way. Let me introduce the wonderful and talented co-host that we have and the very special guest that we have for this episode. In co-host seat number one, he is in year six of being part of the Great Geek Refuge. He's got his own podcasts here on the network, one of which is called The Overflow. The other one is the sports-based podcast we do, which is called Post Game. His name is MC Brooks. I want to be a nightlight. <laughs> that shit was so funny. She was like, I'm sorry, a what? And like the little girl goes, a night, night light. light. <laughs> the enunciation. Like, did you not really leaning in? Did you not fucking hear me? I said nightlight. Be clearer about this. <laughs> she said what she said. She said what she said, man. <laughs> Co-seat number two, a wonderfully talented visual artist. I think he's in year five. I think you were just just right after MC, if I remember correctly, Rambo, somewhere in that range, so, like yeah. like five years. Yeah, uh, wonderfully talented visual artist. Also, well versed in all things comic books, movies, TV shows. Uh, specifically, ask him about eighties and nineties sitcoms, man. Because let me tell you, this guy knows his shit about those things. His name is James Rambo. Yeah, it's not the body of a man that was an outdoor kid. So, uh, yeah. Um, for our guest, I'm going to let Mr. Rambo take the reins here for an introduction because um, it he's really like the booking agent for the Great Geek Refuge <laughs> when it comes to podcasts because he knows so many people. So, Rambo, if you would please uh, introduce our guest for uh, this week's podcast. Oh, well, let's see. I've known him nigh on... Almost 20 years at this point. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. That's how that goes. I started at AI in 2004. So 
<laughs> um he is a phenomenally talented artist in any number of mediums uh typically primarily uh 3d modeler and and uh 3d artist in general um he is a goddamn delight uh and i am proud to call him my friend will austin is our guest today wabio friends oh Oh, you made a mistake today. <laughs> oh, you stupid fools. Did you give another white man a microphone? Oh, what the mm. fuck? Will, as long as you don't tell us how you voted for Trump twice, I think you'll be okay, bud. You'll be all right. Well, you can learn about that on my pod. No. Uh, <laughs> my cat podcast, Taking Back America. <laughs> it's it's hard left, but in a right way because I'm club-footed and I only walk to the left. That's... <laughs> Like a fly with one wing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Will, I am very excited to have you on because I love having experts, things uh, as far as like professionals in an industry who have done things, talk about stuff. Because uh, I am tired of people who have an opinion on the internet and think that that's enough. Um, and that's why we don't invite them on the show. So, Will... Tell us a little bit about your background here um, as far as like, because we're going to be talking about uh, digital art. We're going to be talking about um, copyright. We're going to be talking about um, physical media versus, um, I guess, digital media is is kind of the best way to describe it here. But kind of, yeah, give us a little bit of your background, bud. Yeah, sure. So uh, I haunted Rambo through college. Uh, and, and after graduating, I worked at EA Games for almost 10 years, worked on Warhammer Online, Dungeon Keeper Mobile, a couple of titles that were not released or went out to other uh, other projects, uh, went to a, uh, another network after uh, our, our studio, Mythic Entertainment, was closed, went to a place called Broadsword Games, where I continued more work on Dungeon Keeper and also Ultima Online. Uh, from there, went to private uh, private contracting for uh, the government, started doing educational medium. So how do you take the fun part of games and interactivity and put it into education? Um, and then moved into journalism for about five years. Worked for USA Today, made 24 awards in those five years. Nice. Worked on augmented awesome. reality, photogrammetry, uh, AI in, a, in an ethical way, um, going through and, and doing a lot of uh, investigative journalism, historical research, uh, and simulations. Uh, and now I am at a another game studio. I am at Jackalyptic Games, and I am the lead UI UX artist for the studio. Awesome. Will, what does a UI UX okay. artist do? User interface, user experience. So your phone only works now because of me. <laughs> I am the reason why things make sense or you get angry at because I didn't do a good job. Ah. So uh, use UX is user experience. That is how I'm trying to get you to move about and do the things that I want you to do for your own betterment. So how do you make things work and feel fun? UI is the interface, the things that you're actually interacting with, the messages that you get, the menus and flows of that. When I was at work the other day, uh, we were talking about a, um, a universal interface. Um, and I made a joke uh, where I said, oh, so this is a really gooey project that we're working on. And only one person in the room got it. And I, I, and like, they just looked at me and I was, they, they're just like gooey. Nice. And I was like, thank you. And everybody else is like, what are they talking about? And I was like, just 
Forget it. That sounds Sorry. gross. Yes. GUI is not good. You shouldn't, there shouldn't be GUI things on a computer. <laughs> what are you going to do? It was a really bad joke. What can I say? Anywho, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I was telling um, the folks on the Patreon podcast, which you, listener, can subscribe to as well. It's extra content. It's fun. We talk about all sorts of crazy things. We have a, a special guests, that sort of stuff. Um, it's patreon.com slash greatgeekrefuge. It's our cold open podcast that we do. I was talking a little bit about this, how a couple of years back when Netflix and all of the other streaming services started to really have their heyday, that I was like, well, what's the point of physical media anymore if you can just access everything online and watch it whenever you want? Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and then I had this realization just recently where I was like, oh, no, they can pull this content, whatever they want, for no reason whatsoever. Netflix has shown in the last couple of years, um, some of the other streaming services have shown in the last couple of years, that they're really not interested in keeping projects on the books for very long. Um, they'll get a season, maybe two, and that's about all you're going to get. And then it just becomes this process of, I guess, the only way they're making money is if the projects are new and getting money in. Because once they have the subscribers, and let's say they continue to scribe, uh, subscribe for several years, they don't really care about that. They just want new dollars coming in all the time. And it kind of scared me because these things that I love, that I, that I love in, uh, watching and consuming, could just disappear and be gone without a trace. And it also reminds me of before I um, got into doing the Great Geek Refuge and before I work in the job that I'm in now, I worked for GameStop. Why do I bring GameStop up? Ah, well, there's a really interesting thing that happened with GameStop. Um, so years ago, all of the video game developers were like, hey, listen, GameStop, you guys make an ass load of money selling our games, right? And you guys are always begging for more. We, you want more new content. Um, this is going to sound unprecedented and we understand that. However, we would like a cut of your used game sales because you guys make an ass load of money and that extra money can help us make new titles and pay the people who are working really, really hard to make these video games. So we're not asking for a lot. We just want to cut. GameStop without delay was like, eat a giant bag of digital dicks. We're not doing it for you. <laughs> and the video game developers are like, we're going to ask one more time, please. And they were like, nope. And they were like, cool, we're going to go to digital content. And it wasn't directly pointed at GameStop, but it had a lot to do. And if you look at GameStop and when they started to tank, it was right around that time, right around the time that they made the giant decision that they weren't going to fuck with helping anybody with the oogobs of money that they had made off of the video game industry. And that's why if you walk into a GameStop right now, you'll see the shelves of video games, but 90% of that store is fucking Funko Pops and Zelda-themed hats and T-shirts yep. and action figures and shit like that. Because right now, they're spinning the drain. It's the same thing that happened to fucking Blockbuster. They're spinning the drain and trying to sell anything they can to make a profit because they fucked. They, they literally killed the golden goose. And I say all of that to kind of introduce this topic of like, I, I saw when this was happening, but never thought about the consequences of how this could turn against us. And now it is, I think we're in that spot where it is, it is turned on us. Um, Rambo, you, I, I feel like you're, you're ready to, ready to go. Well, I, I, I before we get into it, I, I kind of want to talk about what you just mentioned, which is I'm kind of on GameStop's side on this. Um, 
it feels very much like studios trying to get paid twice for the same product. Yeah. As opposed to um I don't think anybody's the winner. Let's be clear. I don't think oh, anybody was the yeah. and, and, yeah. and to be yeah. clear. Yeah. Fuck GameStop. Yeah. Uh but in this particular scenario, game it, it, it that put put it this way. This yeah. was not humble tiny game studios with like yes. 10 people making please uh, sir, individual can we, can we have a few dollars please yeah exactly yeah. Oliver Twist was not coming up and being like we made this game and it's only sold a hundred copies but you've sold yep. a thousand like no that was that that was that was like fucking EA that was like yeah. 2k games that was no. all that shit yeah ahead, you know that's it you know, that's it it makes me think about it makes me think about I think it was the the PlayStation 4, Xbox, not 360, whichever one came after. The Xbox generation One, where, yeah. If you remember, yeah, Xbox One, where um, they were trying to implement that, that technology in their systems. Xbox caught all the flack for it, even though Sony did have the same thing in the PlayStation, yep. where if you when you bought a physical a physical game, you could only play it on the one console you like play, you played it on. So you, you couldn't basically... do a thing where, yeah, like I couldn't buy like, a physical copy of Spider-Man. I play it. Mike says he went. Oh, I really like to play it, and I give him the disc, and he he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to play it anymore. It's already um, like localized to my PlayStation, so I'm the only one who could ever play it. And they were doing that in an attempt to to thwart that same resale market, so yeah. that people couldn't just resell the game to other or give it to their friends yeah. to play it, so that more people people would have to buy a new copy of the game if they wanted to play it. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's also important to note, like, it is not as though they weren't going to still do that. I think it just expedited the process. Honestly. It was just like, yeah. yep. like we were we're always going to lean, lean this way. It's just like while we're while we're getting that ready, we're going to get paid a little more than we could. Will, yeah. you absolutely know more about this than I do. Yeah. What do you think? So. Uh, that's a really interesting uh, uh, take on the, on the direction of that, and I think you're you're both correct and maybe not like it's not the pivotal thing because this is a larger systemic thing that major organizations, entertainment organizations, have been doing over years and years and years of the slow disma dismantling of right to repair and right of ownership, flat out. All of this re to me, Mike, putting on my tinfoil hat from my experience is it's all about the new age of DRM. When you had disks, you had hard medium, they couldn't be able to stop you from moving things around or real making quick, sure uh, that it was theft. Real quick, uh, DRM, digital rights management. Digital yes, rights so management this being, is, go ahead. Yeah, this is the secure measure that makes sure that you're, you cannot hack this disk, make a copy and put it over. It's an authentication system. For anybody that is uh, not a geriatric millennial such as myself, uh, every disk came with a delightful little piece of paper that was a key that you had to enter in to verify that this disk is a valid disk. So they wanted to try and find other ways to be able to get this because digital theft that they looked at punishing people that purchase the products to stop people from stealing the products is what the end of the day went. So you had uh, the glories of the internet. That was the biggest move. DRM became an, became a digital only item. So by doing this and saying you have to be connected to the internet at all times, if anybody remembers the uh, the last Sims debacle, 
that happened with the last SimCity where they said it needs to be online because it can't work without it being online. And someone modded it and it absolutely worked until the DRM system crashed them and bricked yeah. them. So it it so this is this is something that we've seen for a very long time. The the uh the cost that's going in and what probably was hitting uh the GameStop uh, idea is the brick and mortar selling of games. The digital promise was that that means they don't have to make boxes anymore. The whole making those boxes and collector's editions and things like that was just a way to be able to get people to buy things more off the shelves. Mm -hmm. But if they reduce that cost, that means they're not spending it on making the manufacturing of the discs. They're not spending it on the manufacturing of, of all the caseworks and things like that. Of individual serial codes, those are gone because now the digital is, is has its own serial code that goes in there. That means I can't share with anybody. So there goes right to ownership. Um, and that's ways that's a way for them to have their own DRM natively built into the system. Then they started making things, the internet of things solidly connected. That was another way of being able to do this because then they can just terminate and shut off the switch so that your game is instantly bricked. Um so when you're when you're looking at how this is all going, the initial promise of like Steam, for example, I was hesitant when it first came out and did the digital libraries. But the idea of I don't have to constantly pull out and put in discs. I love this. I think this is great. The promise that this would exist forever. That promise still exists. The issue is, is on the company end where they say we don't want to support it anymore. So we don't want you to be able to play it. There's no exit strategy. There's no leaving. And with our games and things getting larger and larger to these massive world pieces, games as a service, that's a really hard thing to do. An MMO, like you can't really necessarily hand that over to a person because it develops well beyond the age of the initial product that you purchased. So some of these things, it's just a, a, a it's a symptom of the quality of entertainment that we want in the same way of like, I go to a I go to a restaurant and I eat a really really expensive meal. I can't have that expensive meal again. <laughs> there is some of that, but with more of these single player linear experiences, the fact that some of those are no longer accessible or pulled out, or even older games that have server only, uh, Epic just pulled all of Unreal Tournament from their from all stores. Uh, it's it's a great. Their servers are shut down. You have to use custom servers. Uh, you know. There, there's no exit strategy is is my biggest my biggest issue. Yeah. And so when we're looking at this, when it comes to expanding outside these other streaming mediums, all they were doing was looking at the video game platform and saying, "That's a great idea." It's we don't have to actually promise anything. It has been a slow work of making all forms of entertainment ephemeral. They're making them all dining experiences, which is not true of a lot of entertainment medium. You didn't shoot Shakespeare after he finished a play. <laughs> you know, you, you, you want to have that continuing and going. And it's 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 gotten worse and worse to the point where we just, music was a massive hit with like Spotify. Uh, it destroyed it destroyed the value of it. it. What freemium did for video games is the same thing of what happened to music. We devalued how much these things cost to actually make them. Yeah make them affordable, to give people a livable, uh, livable wage to make the things that you love. We've trained our customers to not care because we've 
we from the upper top have made these things so ephemeral that it doesn't matter. It's as tasty. It's as it's as tasty as a McDonald's cheeseburger. It works, but it's gone. What's crazy about that is how this ties together with AI. Um, because I've I've noticed it, and the the devaluing of music is a perfect example. Because um, think of your favorite artist from the eighties or nineties. Just for a second, doesn't matter who it is. Just have one in your brain, okay? They're still touring. You know, you know why they're still touring? Some of them because they love the music. Some of them because they love the performance. Some of them because that's the only way they can make money now. Mm-hmm. Because the value of them selling. To be clear, okay, Nirvana, their their first huge album. Never mind. I can't remember how many ridiculous amount of albums they sold for that, but they were making money off of that enough so that they started getting checks. And Dave Grohl tells a great story about like those first big checks they got from Nevermind. He was like, oh, I went out and bought a really, really nice like grill. That was the first thing I bought with. I didn't do anything stupid with it. Like that doesn't happen anymore because people don't buy albums. Like, and, and Spotify has devalued it, like Will was saying. And here's like you were saying, the top end doesn't care. AI, I watched this, I was watching a TikTok where they do this thing and it makes me, it makes me sick to my stomach when I hear it. But what they're doing is, is like, hey, listen, this is an AI version of Kurt Cobain as the lead singer for the song My Hero by the Foo Fighters. And the comments are, oh, this is great. This is great. I wish this had existed. Mm-hmm. I wish this existed. And I remember commenting. I was like, this is, first off, this wasn't approved by anybody mm-hmm. for himself. But I guarantee you that Courtney didn't approve this. I guarantee you that Dave and Chris Novoselic of Nirvana, who are also in charge of what happens with Nirvana shit, they didn't have anything to do with this. But everybody's response is, so what? Who cares? I liked it. It's fun. And like, it's the same thing with AI, art. I see it in so Mm -hmm. many Facebook groups. We made a hard stance in our group. We're not fucking doing AI. Don't share your AI shit here because it is stolen. And like, Mm -hmm. people would be like, well, it's just a meme. Who cares? That's why you can't do it. Because if you allow that, then you allow another thing. And then you allow another thing. And you allow another thing. And this is all up top, somebody devaluing these things that are art, that require skill, that require time and patience. And like, they're basically saying, we're going to build off of all the work that you did to make money off of that. And it just like, the more and more I think about it, the grosser it makes me feel. Like, go ahead. Some of the issues with this is is really what, to me, what it breaks down into is a lot of tech organizations or people working in tech, they seem to reference dystopias for great technologies instead of utopias. Um, this usage of AI and, and image scraping, audio scraping would be fine if we all had universal basic income and we didn't have to worry about making a career. We're artists. This is the skill that I know. This is something that I can provide. And now you're telling me that you'd rather keep more of the wealth going around. Yeah. And so if, if this wasn't an issue of where I just had the freedom to be artistic, yeah, you could absolutely have an AI voice thing or a a, a singer that is entirely auto-tuned. But you probably want to pay more for an authentic artist that has has their medium that they've made and you are getting that piece because there's care and human touch that's put into it. And and that is really where the break goes is they're they're looking at this like it's a problem to solve for and art is not a problem art has always art has been 
an escape, maybe for the wealthy at first, when we're talking about frescoes and and things of that nature. You know, these were wealthy patrons that wanted to have cool shit in their house. Um, but it's always been a form of an escape. It's been a form of quality. And when we get rid of this, it gets rid of any fundamental meaning of what it means to be a human in the society that we have now. And we're 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 building a utopia for some and a dystopia for many. Yeah. The to to piggyback off your point, well, the uh the fact that meta is taking its name from metaverse, which is what the like internet escape is in snow crash is just incredible um which if anybody hasn't read snow crash uh it is a cyberpunk novel written by neil stevenson back in the uh uh, i think late 80s early 90s um or uh, early 90s um and it is just all of the horrible things that can be happening all going on at once um and like something like i'm i'm waiting for somebody to make their version of it and call it the Oasis. Like, it's just a matter of time um, because they take the absolute wrong fucking lessons from these things. Because like you said, it's like they're trying to solve for a problem as opposed to realizing that the the problem is the problem. Like, that, like the, the, the solving for it is part of the problem. Yeah. This is not something to be fixed. There... They, it's good to look for problems to solve for, but you're not solving the right one. You're 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 solving your problem of how can I get this done without spending any money? It's yeah. how do I get free money and you scrape from other people? If, well, if and we better had still, to... not just without spending any money because that's a reasonable goal, mm-hmm. but not spending any money and maximizing my own profit in doing so. Yep. Yes. Yeah, off of the backs of other people. And this, so this is the thing, like, we need to be thinking more of, like, Orville and Star Trek instead of Snow Crash and Matrix. You know, we need to we need to be looking at those things about how do we make things easier for us. AI should be a tool in the same yes. way when I open up Photoshop and I turn on a filter, I don't just take a photo of me, turn on a filter, print it out and go genius. I, I turn on that filter and I use it with several other pieces to make these things happen. Yeah. Uh, the end result yeah. is something that I have crafted. It just makes it easier in the same way that, you know, um, I'm not getting yelled at for not mixing my own pigments when I'm using a digital art piece. You know, it's, it, it, it should be a way to benefit us to make things, make that process faster. So we can get through that ugly when you're working on artwork, there's always that trust the process. I know this looks ugly as hell, but I know it's going to come mm-hmm. out yet. It gets us closer to that joy where we can be able to get in that zone and create great things that people love. Awesome. But that's what it should be meant for. Perfect example of people not getting the point of all of this. There's a movie from the 70s starring Charlton Heston and it's called Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. Soylent Green is about a uh, dystopian future set in 2022 um, where the planet is overpopulated. And in order to do that, uh, to solve for this problem, what do they do? They have this food called Soylent Green. Um, if you're unfamiliar with this, it turns out the Soylent Green is made of people because that is the thing that Charlton Heston is screaming as he runs through the streets to tell everybody, you're eating people. Nobody cares. I, I'm, I shit you not, there is a vegan product on the market Soylent. 
Soylent. Because everybody's so clever. Do you, do you, <laughs> I am drinking Will it. is drinking it right now. Will, you're drinking people. <laughs> I know. But they're so sweet and tasty. Uh, I won't adver- I'm not gonna I'm not not an advertisement plug, but we all talked about this before about ADD. One thing you forget all the time is to freaking eat. So you know what? If I can get bachelor chow slurry that keeps me on a caloric intake that's proper, so then dinner chow. time, yeah. I get to have like a real meal that's very tasty and I get to have some yeah. fun with it. Cool. That's so interesting. Uh, we were um, referencing ADD, and this is an ADD moment as we kind of dovetail off about this for just a second. <laughs> I have the exact opposite problem with food. I don't forget to eat. It's for a long time, that was the dopamine kick that my brain needed to function. So anytime I needed to be able to focus on stuff, I had to have food. So I would often overeat. And like that's been a great byproduct of being on medication is like now I will literally be like, oh, cool, I'm full. I do not want more food. There's still more pizza, but I don't need to eat all of it. It's okay. I can save it for later. Mm-hmm. It's 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 crazy. Um, MC, I want to ask this question because I, as a musician, like, I feel like, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Do you feel like you you have no other choice than to put your stuff on Spotify just in hopes that it's going to get attention? Like, because we all you make like how you make like dick off of that. I know that. Like people, you can have a million. Oh, I make. And I think I you make, make even 10 less cents. than that. I make even less than that now because of the the rules they implemented that going into 24, that if you don't have a, if you don't make a certain amount of streams per month then whatever money that you would accumulate, like you don't even get that anymore. Like that's the, it, it, which was like, it's, it, it very much benefits like, you know, like your, uh, like uh, your Paul McCartney's, your Rihanna's, Jay's, like, people who are you know are going to be able to make that much but if you're someone who's independent and just releasing your your own stuff like yeah you don't even make and i mean i've I've made very little of spotify anyway um but now i don't even get that but i'm actually spotify is probably not even the, the real example the better example this year is tiktok and musicians who now have have had to like did a lot of the time i wish i could find the, um, there's, a, there's someone on TikTok who actually spoke about this, that, you know, most of their time that they spend now when they would like to be creating is now actually spent on uh, trying to create content for TikTok because that is, like, TikTok at this at this point has replaced radio and most streaming places as far as how people are discovering uh, new music now. Um, like, if, 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 they're, if you want your song to blow up, you want to get an opportunity for your name to get out there, like, that's the route you have to go. And it's not even a matter of whether you want to. I mean, you you can you still have like more traditional avenues that you can go like you can still, you know, go perform at your local bar and open mic nights and try to get like your local uh, try to get like your local like a local following behind it. But with everything becoming so globalized, like you you have a better shot basically just putting stuff on TikTok and hoping that you snag the algorithm and that your your um whatever you put out there gets in front of the right people. And there to some degree is not really uh, much, much like a lot of pop music. Like you can't, the formula doesn't work for everybody, but there is a formula that can work for you and it can work for your piece. Like if you like uh, the, the whole aesthetic videos, like uh, 
posting my song every day if you are a depressed narcoleptic, you know, who hasn't slept in 84 hours. Like you 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 post it and you know people will like that it it will get in front of people and people who seemingly can relate to it. Now all of a sudden now your song is is getting you know thousands of views and like I said there's no way to tell if it'll work for you or not but there is like a method to it that you kind of have to do and it doesn't really matter what type of music you make either it's just that's kind of like your the the best chance you have to kind of go about it so like even though like I personally like I like making TikTok I like I like I do like TikTok I've kind of forced myself into like having to think about being creative in that way because I was never a video creative but I, I've had to kind of do that. And I feel like to some degree it has kind of impacted how I've had to think about just my own creation process because I have to think about how this will sound and if I'll be able to create something on TikTok surrounded by whatever it is I create. But it, that is, um, that that for, for a lot of musicians, that's kind of like the route in which you, you kind of have to go. Like you have to be able to, your your time and energy can't just go into creating anymore. It has to, and creating music anymore. It has to be the other side too, which takes away from being able to really just focus in on just being creative in in that way. The conspiracy theorist at heart, for me, thinks that all of this is part of a, a greater problem of the things that you love can't be just things that you do because you love them. You have to have monetary value to it. And if you don't, yeah. then it's worthless. And because of what we've created, this corporate, this um, capitalist hellscape that we've created, you time is money. And if you're not doing something that's making you money, then what are you doing? Well, and yeah. like people, I, I saw this, it, it seems very like, crunchy in a way of like people used to like sing and dance just for fun man but like it's true people used to just do art and and draw and paint and sing and dance and play music for the sheer joy of it but now if it doesn't have value then you're wasting your time and that just it just depresses me and like i feel like that's all part of the plan like it's all part of mm -hmm. what they want and i don't know who they is maybe it's the lizard people let's just start combining conspiracy theories together here. Um, but like, I'm fortunate enough that like the regular day job that I have provides. I can't imagine what it would be like if I had to create to make money. Like I, I look at these people who are like freelance artists and stuff like that, or they, they're gig workers, you know, go from, from gig to gig. That's frightening to me. Because you are constantly having to, having to sell yourself and your abilities and your skills to somebody and hope to God that your value in yourself is recognized by the people that you're trying to get money from. And like, I, I respect the hell out of anybody who does it. But like to have to quantify all of this because of this world that we live in now where, hey, I mean, you guys know that I do my 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 digital art stuff on the side and like make silly stickers and 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 t-shirts and things like that. I love it. I truly do. I truly love making it. I I, I love coming up with creative stuff. And it, you know, hey, talking about dopamine from before, it's a cool dopamine yeah. kick when you're just like, fuck, that came out awesome. Um, but like to think that I pitched this to somebody as 
this is this thing here. You can buy this from me. This is what it costs. And them saying, I can go online and get that for free because AI is out there. Yeah. It's scary that's- as shit. And I'm, and that's not even my primary source of income. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it, it makes me think too of, um, I know, I know this was very much a thing on Twitter. And I think it was on Facebook as well, but there, there was a contingent of people I saw, um, saying that you shouldn't say things like, Oh, I wish this was a shirt on things like Facebook and so, yeah. and, and Twitter because someone... they're, they're, well, it, it like, I'm not trying to, I, I don't know, I don't know how to exactly say what it is I'm thinking, but like it, it's like the algorithms pick up on, on that and it becomes like this, it, like it, it's basically how a lot of stuff gets aggregated to these sites that you can now, now all of a sudden you see like this meme that you saw uh, like three weeks ago is now on a shirt in some store you've never heard on, you've never heard of before being advertised to you on Facebook, on Twitter and everywhere else. And it's how a lot of people's artwork ends up getting stolen and people are profiting off of it, even though like it's not their stuff. Yeah. The, 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 the thing you're talking about, I've seen and have had experience with, I've put things up. It's all across like Reddit and Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, Facebook. So what it is, is they, there are uh, it's, it's bot scrapers that are looking for specific phrases and yep. all it does is it grabs it grabs the JPEG and throws it up. It doesn't clean yep. it up, it doesn't do anything like that. So at one point, I think it was somebody, uh, some artist on Twitter that I was following just took a picture, an actual pic- picture of Mickey Mouse, like the, the the right from the Disney site, and it just says, I shit my balls. And it said, I wish this was a shirt. And just 16 different ones, like, here you go, got you, got you covered. And it was like a neon pink background. And it was just to, to get those bots to get them on there so they would get DMCA'd and locked down. Yeah, there was a bunch of uh, like like uh, like Disney mock-ups and, yeah. and, and like licensed characters. And Bob. And, like yeah. and it's just, that's all it is, is they just, it, it's just a, they it makes a makes a temporary uh, account page and it looks at all public posts and it looks for this tagline and when it does mm-hmm. grab the image put it through their system shoot out the link it's it's scary as shit like we we in our family me and sandy and jacks make this joke all the time where you see those shirts on uh advertised but it's always very specific and i've never seen actually anybody actually wear oh well no i take that back you want to know where i see people wear these very specific shirts is disney world where it's like i have a beautiful dancing daughter who also <laughs> likes bacon and then i ride a pogo stick to work and it's just like like why the fuck would you want a shirt like that ever why why do you want the tablet of the ten commandments on your chest like it is so massive too and it's Okay, there's a rule of typography. You pick maybe three. <laughs> you don't. You you don't go through all of them. I need a cursive. I need a serif. I need. I a like. Serif. I like all of the fonts. Give me all of the fonts at the same. Give me five script fonts, none of which are designed to be all caps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this looks weird when it's all caps. <laughs> Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> I gotta tell everybody that my baby loves Slim Jims. Like it's just like I don't fucking get it, man. And like massive too. They're just these. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it takes up the full size of the shirt. It's it yeah. is. Yeah. It's like I just I in a way whenever I see those kind of shirts. I'm sorry to do tangent. I'll I'll no, you're fine. You're fine. Just 
I just want to like uh, straight up like uh, football palm them in the chest. Like you wait, I'm not done reading. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm trying to. No, 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 no. no. You put this on. This is what you get. I'm just hold on. Wear this shirt because you wanted people to read it. (laughs) Shut the fuck up and let me read it. But you tucked it into your pants. You got to pull down your pants. You got to pull down your pants. I can't. I need the whole experience here. <laughs> it's I I want to enjoy media and the ideas of the convenience, I think, is what makes it so devious. Is like, and that's why the streaming services were so great early on, was that like I want to watch the Star Wars trilogy. Sweet. Let me lay down in bed and not move once. And like to use your uh, reference earlier, Rambo, like go full Wally on this. Like I don't have to get up and switch discs. I can just sit here and stream it on my computer. And like, I will admit that I actually prefer the movie watching and TV watching experience that I get from being able to grab this some bitch put it on my lap, have my headphones on and just be wrapped up in a blanket by myself because I'm like completely, it reminds me of being a kid and listening to music, like listening to an album the first time and having headphones on and just being in my own world. Like I miss going to the theaters because I I used to love, I just loved movies. And now it's like, I can get movies right here in front of me and I don't have to go to a theater. I don't have to pay extra money than a monthly subscription service. I think that that's what makes it so insidious is it's so easy and it's so like comforting too. I have been been like, I started watching game of Thrones. I had to stop because like, I, I don't want to be sad. Stop, please. Oh, then you should definitely stop because you're going to be sad. Both, both narratively yeah and metatextually okay i was because like poor theon Greyjoy. Uh, somebody said to me because i was ex- explaining i was like i don't feel fuck bad theon. for him i was like fuck <laughs> the guy and then they and then it's it's almost like like you were just mentioning will it's like the algorithm heard me and they were like oh you want us to fuck theon cool gotcha fam and like they have been fucking the- it's awful i had to stop i've been you just- won't even you haven't even gotten to like kind of the worst parts with the they sent, they sent his dad his dick and balls oh, it got bad i'm good oh, no it's still going it's still don't worry champ you got more to go it's- oh, no, i'm done fuck it you know why because i turned on the simpsons i was like i'm gonna watch the simpsons from season one all the way through like because i need something that's not going to make me hate myself and that's what game then of thrones I'd, was doing i'd recommend stopping around season 10 yeah uh <laughs> six right now i just i just watched the episode uh where lisa me uh ha- goes they're at the renaissance festival and lisa goes away and meets that fortune teller that tells her about yeah. it, which is set in 2013, which is funny uh-huh. because yeah, that was the future. Um, what's funny about that is, is they hit some of the things dead on like the Simpsons does, but I mean, like the Simpsons is a volume shooter. Okay. Let's be real. You know, you have a billion episodes. You're going to get some stuff, right? They had one where they were showing the elementary schools of the future. And it was basically like a giant WebEx. And they were just like, Hey, student from the Chicago classroom, go ahead and answer. Like, I was like, ah, yes, because that's what it's like now. Oftentimes. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I can't deal with the sad anymore. Um, but I say all of that to say like the, the convenience of these streaming services is great, but like it got out of hand quick, you know, like Netflix had a thing and ne- Netflix even broke their own joke that they made. Real love is sharing a password with something with somebody. It's yeah. what they put on their goddamn Twitter. And then what happened? 
They pulled the plug on that. You can't share your password anymore because if it's outside Here at Netflix, it we don't encourage real love. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I find bizarre about that is, is again, the okay, I get you want to share the passwords, but you only have so many logins and they call it like it's a family plan. So it's like, oh, little Jimmy's downstairs and they're watching, they're watching this show and Mrs. Mrs. Doe is over here and you're over here. Who cares if they're in the house? We're on the internet. If you yeah. have that many shares, like for me, we're we're dinks, you know, double income, no kids, you know. So the the people that use the password is my father-in-law, who is it who God bless him, he's just a technical Luddite. So I we give him the accounts, we set him up, we bought him a a, a like a fire TV. Uh, you know, just one of those internet TVs hooked him up with everything. Like, there you go. You can watch all your stuff. You're using one of our shares. I'm already paying for it. So if you're not going to let me do that, then I need a discount because I'm paying for something that I'm not using. So that Mm -hmm. for that, that again, that goes into that whole tech thing of trying to hurt your actual customers to try and stop thieves. Yeah. And it's 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 a non-answer and what they're what they're really trying to do is just they want to be able to get that ratings of per household. And that's really all that it breaks down to. What's fucked up about it too is when you really start breaking down like like you were saying, like you're hurting your customer just to potentially stop the thieves. And frankly, it's we've said it before and we joke about it, but like it is literally turning people to piracy. Like, because mm-hmm. I have, I literally have favorite, favorited things. <laughs> um, I have favorited <laughs> links that I have of sites that I can go to, to find pretty much anything that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Do I use it all the time? No, because like a lot of times we we're paying for services, but like, and I would honestly prefer to support as much as I possibly can. But then the other question becomes is like, am I actually supporting anybody? How much is Disney actually giving somebody like who created a, film or whatever like for streams are they getting anything actually i think they are now because of the recent strikes that they had mm-hmm. so i think that that's gotten a lot better but like all you're doing by making this more inconvenient by pricing your people out of these things is you're making them turn to piracy and like yeah. i'll tell you the other thing that i noticed too i don't know if you guys remember this but in the early days of the internet your internet service provider would literally send you a letter in the mail that would say, hey, we saw that you downloaded Matrix Revolutions and that's not cool. You're not supposed to do that shit. That's pretty much stopped. And I don't know why. I wonder why ISP stopped monitoring that shit. Because is it just like it's so there's too much of it and there's no way for them to monitor it? Well, you I, also have VPNs. It's uh, certainly so that. I yeah. bet it became uh, cost ineffective yep. spending that much money on on postage, on paper, because yeah. um, I remember getting a couple of emails um, and being like, all right, I guess I'll pull back on this. Um, but yeah, and it, the thing that really frustrates me is we're all talking about the fact that like we're willing to to like play ball. We're yeah. here to play by the rules. Like, okay, you want it to be X number of accounts? Great. We'll keep it those number of accounts. Uh, you want your, it's going to cost this much money for us to have access. Fine. I'll spend that much money. And then it becomes, well, all the accounts have to be in the same house. Why, why do we have to be using the same IP address? 
Yeah, why does that have to do with anything? For what? Why does my stepdaughter, who got her own place, need to pay for her own individual account when we're still a family? Family does not mean that you have to live in the same house. But now they're telling yeah. us what the definitions are of those things. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is? Why is Amazon now charging an additional three dollars a month for Prime, so you can avoid having ads? They're now having. There, there's now an additional charge. To not get advertisements. Fucking Paramount is just doing it. There's not even an option to pay to get, yeah. get out of it. You have to watch a 30 to 60 minute or 30 to 60 second ad unskippable in front of anything you choose to watch. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Yeah. I that was the whole point yeah. of subscription services yeah. was get around the commercials. And that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. I yeah. am paying you for that service. If you can't afford that service, then you can't afford to be a business. So figure mm-hmm. your stuff out. Maybe you shouldn't be spending exorbitant amount of monies on all-star casts because, yeah, cool. I like Henry Cavill. He's pretty cool, but I don't know him. And if somebody else came along that did a good job doing a thing, I'd probably like them too. It's not, you know, you're you're choosing to put down these dollar dues and you made the mistake. That's not on me. Yeah. That's, it's the yeah. same thing of where like business does terribly. The CEO's like, well, we're going to find cuts somewhere. Let's let's fire the people that had no choice in the thing. And, you know, not don't don't worry about me. Don't worry about me, the guy that made the decisions. I just and don't the one is making the most yeah. possible money from well, and that's, a, that's the thing that I don't understand is like yeah. I understand that greed is a thing. Okay, let me be clear. I'm not I'm not that like dumb. Yeah. Okay. Like I get it. I get but there's no fucking way that CEOs are not aware of the backlash that they're catching for shit like this. If I'm a CEO and my company is coming on hard times, which is what everybody's coming on right now, because trust me, I see the emails. We're, we're you know, in this time of, you know, of, of struggle, we're all working together. We're one family, you know, all that other dumb shit. You have any idea what kind of like olive branch it would be if you were a CEO and you said, listen, uh, for the next two years, while we get everything straight, I'm not taking a salary. You stopped right there the kind of one good publicity you would get two like your people would be willing. Some of them would be willing to run through a fucking wall for you. You do that kind of thing. Like you're already a millionaire and you're saying, I'm not taking any more money. All of the money that I would make as salary is going back to the company to try to fix this and make sure that we don't have to fire people. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't even have to be that big of a deal. Like what I'm saying is, is it's not going to impact that person on their day to day, but you do those sorts of things and it makes an impact. It keeps your business running and it gives you good publicity, but no one is willing to fucking do that. And that is what is baffling to me. A huge part of it is they just don't have to. No, of course. Why would I? Yeah. Why would I do that? Like what? Okay. So, so I get goodwill. What is, what is goodwill? How does that translate into dollars for um, shareholders? As, Working in an industry that doesn't need to have uh, people run it who have business degrees, have people running it who have business degrees is has been the worst thing that's happened by far. And, and decisions are made for a company that doesn't require you to be business savvy because of the industry that it is. Has people making decisions that are what's best for the business? Like, are, are yeah. we forgetting what industry we're actually in and what we're here for? It's the same thing with like the entertainment industry. I understand that it's there to make money, okay? But if you want to talk about the difference, the perfect example is the fucking shit that's going on with the Marvel movies, okay? 
Quantum Media, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Media made, um, I can't remember how many millions of dollars, but it was deemed a failure because it didn't make a billion dollars. So dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. And it, and then they're they're like, oh, well, the the the, the yeah. biggest thing that I have an issue with is is that they they say that they say it's a failure and like, well, clearly this was a bad movie. It's like, well, no, maybe it's the fact that every three weeks you come out with another superhero thing and all of them are tied yeah. and you have to pay attention to them all. You don't have a choice of being a fair weather fan. You, yeah. you have to be diehard or nothing. And yeah. and so it's like you, 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 there's going to be a fall off. We saw that with vampires. We saw that with the entire history of Rome. <laughs> we're just we're now starting to see this with superheroes. Yeah. Also, some of some of it is just how it gets. It's just the, how the media is framing it. So, like, I, I posted this on my Facebook how Variety comes out with an article after the Marvel's first weekend about how they were a failure for making only one hundred and ten million dollars. But then, the same token, when Aquaman came out a couple weeks later, there's like it's roaring success with their barely over a hundred dollar. Uh, opening weekend for the exact same for the exact same run and some of it i feel like was them trying to bank on the fact that you know uh the marvels had its own because of brie larson had its own like kind of uh thing going against it um with people talking about well no one who asked for this who even wants to see this this movie is woke this movie is blah 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 whatever and a movie that at least in this opening weekend did not do as well was framed as being a success despite being not as good or not making as much as um, the the other movie did. Well, that dollar amount thing is is I think one of the largest troubling things about it out there is the fact that it's it's oh there's a new benchmark. It's this isn't the Guinness yeah. Book of World Records. If you make your profit, it was a success. You may not have gotten the gross profit that you were that you saw from some of the other things, but that doesn't mean it wasn't good. Like uh, yeah. Del Toro's uh, uh, Pacific Rim, it made it made its money back. Hellboy made its money back, but it didn't make the same amount as other hero movies that were coming out at the time. So it was not a viable product. But you made your profit. You could have funded. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem part of that is the there used there used to be a thing called a tentpole movie and a tentpole was the big blockbusters that you would have uh during the summer and they were called tentpoles because they made an absurd amount of money and that financed everything else that the studio was going to put out for the rest of the year it's like a lot of uh retail locations um retail stores will will make a huge amount of money during uh black friday during christmas stuff uh christmas sales and that kind of will be the majority of the money they make for the year um the problem is uh the one one of the legit problems with with uh, uh the superhero movie issue is uh those have become so big and so consistent and so common they're happening all year round and so now every major movie that costs more than a hundred million dollars is expected to make, you know, five and 10 times its production budget. And so there is no more tent pole. Uh, the tent pole is just the tent. Uh, it's just everything underneath it is expected to make the expected to make this movie or this money. I looked it up. Quantum mania made 476 million, uh, on a production budget of around 200. Let's say that, uh, the, advertising budget was 
50% of the production budget. So that's what's put this at 300 million. That's $176 million worldwide. And it's still a failure. And that is what you get when you have uh, expected exponential growth forever. Mm -hmm. Not only will we keep making money, we'll keep making more money every single quarter, every single year for every investor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the thing about a bubble is when it continues to grow, eventually it pops mm -hmm. because it mm -hmm. can't sustain that level of of growth yeah. and size. Um, it's yeah, it's not enough. It's not enough that uh, people are, are consistently turning a profit. It's not enough that they're making a shit ton of money. They're not making more than they made last year. So it's a failure. I I I I come back to to fucking Instant Pot. Instant Pot was deemed a failure in the last year or two because instead of making the like six hundred and forty million dollars they were slated to, they only made like four hundred million. Keeping in mind, they didn't lose money. They just didn't make as much money as they thought they were going to. And it was because they made a good product that worked consistently that people didn't have to keep buying. They were victims of their own success and of the monster that is capitalism. And because people didn't have to keep buying more Instant Pots, sales dropped off. Well, yeah, that's how that works. No, 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 no. It's supposed to be a piece of shit that only lasts a year, year and a half. And then people go buy another one. You know who else that happened to? Crocs. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Crocs initially were all of all of the business people. Shocker! All the business people who started like assessing the value of this company, trying to figure out like how they were going to succeed or whatever. Right? They were like, "Well, your product lasts too long. It's too well made. It needs to be disposable so that people are buying more pairs." So like that's why. A million Crocs were being sold initially and everybody was like, oh, these are the greatest things ever. And then all of a sudden there's this weird drop off. Right. And now they're coming back up because I, and I, I don't know this for sure exactly what happened, but I, I noticed that Crocs has been kind of sustainable in the sense of like, you see Croc stores still pretty much everywhere in every mall and they continue to sell. People continue to wear them. I think that it was just one of those things where just like anything else, man, everybody was looking for the big boom. Everybody was like, well, let's get involved in this so that we can make a million dollars and then get the fuck out. Like, that's what sucks about this is that like you build a good product and that's not good enough for business people. And like, I wanted to read this because one of my favorite bands, one of MC's uh, favorite bands uh, is the band Muse. Uh, Muse has an al album that came out in tw uh, 2012 called The Second Law. Uh, the Second Law is a concept album about a deteriorating planet that its inhabitants can no longer live on. Major lyrical themes of the album include societal collapse, totalitarianism, and the second law of thermodynamics. The second law of therm thermodynamics, if you're unfamiliar uh, with it, as I'm pulling up, is a physical law based on the universal empirical observation concerning heat and energy conservation. It basically says that like the Earth only has so much energy and that that's it. That's all it has. And it for you to expect constant growth and constant increase is unsustainable. There's a whole track on the album about this. Yeah, unsustainable, yep. Yeah. The business model of constant growth is unsustainable, period. And every single fucking business person on the face of the planet is like, why are we not making more money every year? And it's like, 
I feel like every business person should also learn some thermodynamics because like it's on, you cannot constantly grow. It doesn't fucking exist. You're making the argument for like liberal arts educations. <laughs> like, this oh, is we the can't... reason why yeah. you need to learn STEM as well as business shit. This is the yeah. reason why you need to learn arts and things as well. Yeah. So you have a more well-rounded concept of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, Jesus fucking but so, Christ. Well, so, okay, so we've been talking about the, the you know, uh, the streaming and stuff. The I feel like what, what has gotten missed is there's now been this recent push for physical media to come back. Yeah. You know, everybody got so used to the convenience of streaming, which, hey, I subscribe to, like, probably, at this point, a dozen streaming services. Yeah. It's... I'm spending way more than we would have been spending on cable, but I get greater <laughs> greater instant access to the things that I want. Yep. Now, I understand that that is essentially just, this is a deal between me and that service saying, we'll give you access to X number of things for this much money a month. Those things will cycle in and out. You have no control over that. Um it is one of the reasons why I am always hesitant to buy digital versions of things because really I'm not buying that thing. I'm buying a license to use that thing while they provide me access. Um, but a hard copy and I, I, I take no small amount of pleasure in the fact that I am sure I looked like old man yelling at cloud for the longest time when I was like, yeah, I'm buying a hard copy of this. Why wouldn't I buy a hard copy of this? And they're like, I could just put it on, it's on Netflix, it's on Prime, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay. I can't remember who said it, but the quote is, um, you, when you, when you rely on a digital version or on streaming to watch something exclusively, you are saying, hey, company, I give you permission to tell me what I'm allowed to watch. Whereas if you have a hard copy or a digital copy, if you have your own like saved digital copy, um, you have that control, you have that power. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, I mean, like when when HBO and, and Discovery when they merged, David Zaslav, one of the first things he started doing was just removing things, getting rid of stuff. Yep, straight up. HBO yeah. Max went from the most popular, most loved streaming service to one of the most hated and one of the least popular because they just started axing programming. Yep. Even to the point of like, uh, uh, what was it, Infinity Train? Infinity yeah, Train, the second mm-hmm. season I think was about to start up and they just killed it. Um, super weirdly, you know, in a just weird coincidence. Um, it all appeared on uh, Google uh, not too long after on a, like a Google Drive. Yeah, um, so one that the author, the creator, you know, just happened to retweet. Just happened to retweet. Maybe, you know, was responsible for creating. Who could say? Who could say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like they were they were canceling. And, and 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 also to further clarify, this wasn't just uh, we have like you have access to a thing. Now you don't have access to a thing. This was you spent specific dollars you bought like uh what was like final space season three guess what we have removed it from the service no refund fuck off yeah wasn't there something with sony recently too 
where Sony uh, did something like that with it. Like if you purchase stuff digitally on PlayStation, then so it's going to be removed. They, they, there was such a backlash that they stopped. Uh, okay. <laughs> there was such a negative reaction. But what they were doing was uh, there was all this discovery content that if you had bought it uh, through uh, PlayStation, uh, through like the PlayStation Store, you were going to lose use access to it. And there was like 1,500 shows. There was this huge amount of shit that they were like, no, we're getting rid of it. Fuck you. And there was such a huge backlash. They were like, eh, maybe not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, does physical stuff take up space? Absolutely. Indisputably yeah. it does, but that's kind of the price you pay, you know, be, 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 be picky, you know, be, be careful about the things that you, you do and don't want to keep, but you know, it behooves us to, to, you know, go through maybe a garage sale or two or find a used bookstore, look at you, yeah. McKay's used books and Manassas. Um, and yeah. and find those things that you love and hold on to them because those yeah. are yours. The thing this is why I've never me. gotten rid of any of my consoles. I've, I've never sold any of my consoles yeah. ever. Because now, like, I, I told you guys this, I think, like, two years ago when it happened. I randomly was just like, fuck, I used to love playing WWF SmackDown on PlayStation. Let me go. Let me. And now I, I have the physical disc because there was no, there's no other way for me to actually play that game without having a physical disc for me to put in my PlayStation 2 that I still own and play it. I can't, I, like, PS Now doesn't have it. Not, I don't know if, Xbox, if uh, Xbox's uh, uh, service had them too, but I, there was no PS Now, didn't have it. It wasn't in the PlayStation Store. There's no other way for me to play this game other than that. And I don't know what I, I guess my alternative would have been emulation, if, if, if not wanting to just outright have the physical disc so that at any point that I wanted to play the game, I can play the game now. There you go, man. Yeah. Well, what were you going to say? What's that? What were you going to say? Oh, uh, about the, the digital medium where it is. It, the, I think the one disappointing thing is the fact that we're just letting entire chunks of our culture just disappear like that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. these are, they may be small, but they meant something and they were things of interest and they, they, they're things that could be referenced or inspired from. And it's a real shame that we don't like, uh, it's, it's not like, oh, that, that show's gone. That movie's gone. It's in the library of Congress. It it's, it's in like the film, a film archive or something of that manner. We should be, we should be in, in an area of this, this much digital renaissance we really have so much art and entertainment and thought that are that's just everywhere now because anybody can can be able to put themselves out there It'd be nice to be able to have some of these things as a as a permanent storage like as much of it as as possible and then fine api api it out to the streaming services so it's like they for cost they're able to pull from the from the from the public to be able to get access to those things and put them up on their business. If they're worried about, oh, the bandwidth of having all those things, fine. We should have a shared location. Your business is handling that back and forth communication. That takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of tech. You deserve to be paid for that, for that work. But to be able to say, we're throwing this in the trash because we don't want it is unacceptable. And it's something that really bothers me. Like games even is that point. Like because of 
who it belongs to. Nintendo is not going to come back and give me the original Bubble Bobble on NES. I have to find it somewhere. You know, I, I love that I, game, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so those those things like the video game archives is a, is an is a organization that has been trying to create and put together an archive of all these games that are no longer supported by these companies and i think that that needs to happen for all of us because as a society these were the creative endeavors that we've that we've done this is this is a part of our history yeah I, agreed yeah go ahead rambo sorry so i was just gonna i think it's also also important to note, like even even beyond streaming, every time there's a new format, every time we go from beta to VHS, VHS to DVD, DVD or VHS to to, to Laserdisc, Laserdisc to DVD, DVD to uh, fucking um, Blu-ray, Blu-ray, you know, and now on a 4K Blu-ray, every single time that's happened, there have been films, there have been documentaries, there have been series that don't get ported over. There's stuff that just does it just doesn't happen. There's things you can only watch on VHS. Yeah, uh, you have like your your Kino Lorber, your Arrow Video, your Shout, your 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 Shout Factory. Like people who are going through and and finding some of those like old gems and and bringing that stuff over uh, to modern uh, modern media. But so much of it just gets lost um, that if you don't have one of those original copies, if you don't have the or great, you have the copy. Do you have the machine to play it? Uh, yeah. Shit. Just recently, there was a um, uh, uh, there's a there's a company that is trying to digitize all of the um, I can't remember the actual term, but, but the, the, the original tapes for reboot. They have all of reboot on the original like studio tape. But they don't have the machine to play it on, so they can't actually get it onto a computer. Uh, and they were looking for yeah. one, so it's it's something to be mindful of, man. Like it's there's there's something about uh, there's there's a significance to maintaining uh, uh, that kind of history, even beyond just your own individual watching. One of my most treasured pieces of physical media is exactly what you just described. It is a on DVD. It is a laser disc transfer of the original Star Wars trilogy. Do I do I care about what Lucas did to the movies when they re-released them? No, I think him cleaning up the special effects was cool. I like the special editions. I thought they were great. But I wanted to have the originals just to have them, just in case. And boy, was that one thought I had when I was 22 years old really fucking smart. Because you can't find the originals anywhere anymore. They don't exist. And... I'd read something that, that, and we'll kind of, we'll wrap up on this point. I read something that really kind of like made me sad as I read it a thousand years from now, you know, they're treating our society like the, you know, the ancient Romans where, you know, they're digging shit up and being like, Oh, cool. Look, how are they going to be able to see our history on a fucking DVD, on a CD, on an, on a hard drive that they can no longer read because the thing degrades over time. We're not going to have any history because everything we have is digital now. This era is just not going to exist. And that's scary. And like, I'm not saying that we should all go out and start, you know, like painting murals and stuff. Well, maybe I am saying that. Um, but like, that's the scary thought of this is this is all just temporary right now. This is all of these things that we are like that people are making millions and billions of dollars off of, and they're just deleting willy nilly because it's not profitable for them anymore. Um, we'll just disappear with time. 
And the only way that we'll know about them is, is shit like this, us talking about it. But that at the same time, same thing with our podcast. Where the fuck are those going to go? <laughs> They're just going to be gone. And like, that's, you're, you're muted right now, bud. Rambo. Just saying like tears, like tears in the rain. Yeah. And we're all Roy Batty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I want to, I want to thank uh, Will. Will, man. Awesome. Awesome stuff, dude. I, I loved having your expertise on here. Thank you so much for joining us um, on the podcast. Uh, make sure you say hi to your very, 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 very famous wife too. Um, the, uh, the catalyst of a, a revolution in uh, Catalonia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I hope you enjoyed my company. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I see, I see a bright future for you here on the great geek refuge coming back for more podcast uh, shenanigans. Oh, yeah. um, big thanks to uh, Mr. MC Brooks. Who's on the move right now. You guys can't see it, but he's going somewhere. Um, big thanks to James Rambo as well, but also all you listeners out there. We love you. We appreciate you. We really, truly do. Remember folks together. There are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Reduction, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>